Morning. Uh, well, today is uh, an exciting day. Uh, we are going to reveal uh, the pastor and the location of our next, our fifth uh, church plant uh, named Transform Church. Uh, if you're kind of new around here, maybe within the last nine months or so, uh, you might not know this about us, but one of the really unique things about us is uh, we plant churches. We start new churches because we want to change the world, and one of the most effective ways to do that is to start a new church. And we do this by giving... 5% of all of our offerings go in to help start new churches. Uh, we give training and coaching uh, to pastors on how in the world do you start a new church. And then we give some of our people, uh, that's you, to go out and start new churches. That's all pretty counterintuitive to how a lot of churches do ministry, but we always say that our goal as the Christians here, our goal is not to build the kingdom of renovation. Our goal is to build the kingdom of God. And we know we can do that in a much greater capacity by starting new churches. In fact, check this out. Already, the number of people in our church plans is equal to the number of people in Renovation Church. And so on the day that this fifth church starts, we're going to hit a cool tipping point where on a Sunday morning, there will actually be more people worshiping God in our church plants than at Renovation Church. That is awesome. That is exponential world change that's coming out of this elementary school gym, right? That's an, that's an amazing thing. All right, our, our next church plant is actually going to be pretty close to us. We just planted in Moundsview at Pursuit Community Church last year, and they're doing amazing. Uh, they're six months in already at 180-some people, which is way ahead of where we even were at that time. And again, we're going to plant a pretty close. I'll tell you right now, my guess is for the next couple of years, we're probably not going to plant as close as these two churches. But uh, we are uh, going to be planting in the Andover uh, Ham Lake area, actually. Uh, we were hoping to be able to uh, give you an actual name of a school this morning, uh, but we're not quite there. We do have an agreement in principle uh, with a school in the Andover Ham Lake area, uh, but we haven't got the official okay from their board, which we're hoping to get in the next uh, eight or nine days or so. So we will tell you, uh, but just for now, that's, that's all we can say. Uh, at this point, I'm going to call up our next planter, uh, Mark Katzenberger. Uh, many of you know Mark. Uh, Mark has been speaking here, I think, all the way back since 2012. Uh, I've been talking to him about church planning for a long time, and so uh, we're excited to have him here. So I'm just going to ask him a couple questions, and you'll get to hear a little bit about uh, their church. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Great to see you up here. Uh, <laughs> uh, about yourself, about your family, what were you doing in ministry before this? Yeah. Ready to go. It's good to be back at renovation. David invites me once a year to come to renovation, so this is my once a year. And, uh, but this is kind of what we've, we've been planning this forever, so this is exciting. Um, I've been married for nine years. Uh, to my wife, Crystal, we have three little kids, five, three, and one, so we're busy. And um, been in ministry for about nine years, too. The first church that I served at uh, was up in Cambridge. And uh, I showed up at this church to interview for a youth pastor job, and it was a portable church at Cambridge Isandy High School. I'd never heard of church planting, never heard of a, a portable situation. And uh, I got the job, and we fell in love with the model of reproducing churches and reaching people in a portable location. And a couple of years later, really felt pretty convinced that this was where we were headed in the future. And so kind of wanted to get back down to the, the suburbs. And so I took a position at a church just over in Ramsey at a church called Connections, where I've been the associate pastor for the last four years, finishing up kind of a master's degree, and just trying to learn uh, what it means to be the lead pastor of a church and what do I need to still grow in in certain areas. And so now is the time. So we're going to launch this fall uh, what we call Transform Church. 
So uh, tell us a little bit about why you feel called to plant a church. I mean, why do we even plant churches? Yeah. And why this sort of Ham Lake-ish Andover area? Yeah. Well, for us, it's all about how do you reach more people with the good news of the gospel? Um, what is the most effective way to spend my years on earth and your years? And uh, I've been convinced over the last few years, church planting is the best way to do that, to start new churches and new communities to reach new people with this message. Um, you might say, well, why that particular city? One reason is because we just landed in, in the city of Andover a couple of years ago. We bought a house there, so we're, we've got roots there. I'm my kid's t-ball coach in Andover and things like that. However, I was researching the city, and uh, there's about nine churches in the city of Andover totaling 4,000 people. But the city of Andover has a population of 35,000 people. So that means about 89% of the people in my city are not attending a church, at least in their city. Now, they could be driving elsewhere, but also others are driving into those churches. So I'm just convinced as I, as I drive through my neighborhood, as I look at my neighbors and I see my, my community, I go, this is where I want to be, and I want to reach people with this good news in my city. So for people here that are maybe thinking about being a part of this, tell us about what is Transform going to look like? What's going to make you unique as a church? What do you want to yeah. do? Well, I kind of fell in love with the name. Uh, it kind of comes from... Romans chapter 12, where it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, I, I love the word transform. I love the image of transformation. And I've been in, in ministry for a long time just seeing people's lives change. And the only way we really change is from the inside out, when we're transformed from the inside out. That's what I'm passionate about, so that's what we're going to be about. I think we'll have kind of a, a messy flair to us as a church, trying to just really get in people's lives and, and see real transformation um, that comes from the inside out. Uh, I, I'm convinced that uh, we're going to be kind of a deep and wide church. I don't think that those two things have to be in opposition to each other. I, I'd, I'd love for there to be us to be a deep church and a wide church. And then we'll be a, a multiplying church. So I think about three or four years from now, hopefully I'll be standing before our people and say, here's our first church plant. And, cool. and so we are going to continue to multiply and, uh, and, and see transformation in the, the city of Andover or Ham Lake. Cool. Uh, I want you all to look under your chair right now. Go ahead. That's like 100% of you. There's a bunch of stuff under there, but grab the white card that says Transform Church on it. And I want to show you a couple things. So go ahead. So it should say Transform Church at the top. Uh, there's a number of ways that you can be a part of this uh, if you have some interest. Um, for one, you can mark that you just want to join their prayer team. we we got to support churches like this in prayer. So they're going to send up updates. Hey, we need help with this. Uh, just please pray for us. Uh, you can give a financial gift to help them get started. Or, and here's a, here's a huge one, we are looking for 20 of you, uh, that includes kids, to go and help start this church for a period of up, up to nine months. And then um, maybe after those nine months, maybe you come back here. Uh, maybe you don't. Maybe you stay and help that church. But you, what you would be committing to is for at least nine months that you would go, that you would serve, that you would give, that you would join a small group. You would do all the things that it would take to get a church up and running so that as we continue to do this as Renovation Church, that you can reach people, help us reach people all over the metro for Jesus Christ. So if you're interested in that adventure, uh, you'll get a chance when we do the offering later to kind of drop that in the bucket. All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Okay, let's get into the message. Uh, let's say that you have a question about anything, about life. What do you do nowadays? I think we Google it, right? <laughs> or you say, Siri, Alexa, right? And we, we just get answers 
quickly. And of course, they can give us answers uh, very quickly from experts uh, like Quora and uh, Reddit and uh, Wikipedia, a really reputable uh, sites. In today's world, in 2009, you can get quick, you can get cheap advice anytime you want, right? But it takes some effort to get great advice and great direction. You can go on to WebMD and diagnose yourself really quickly, right? But it takes some effort to actually go see a doctor. It takes effort to open a book, to meet with an expert, to do research. I look at this and I kind of assess our culture. And sometimes I feel like perhaps for us living in a world where we can just always get quick and cheap advice, that that is a hindrance to us wanting to open up the Bible, and actually study it, because that's not actually that fast, right? It takes work, but the results are 100 times better than just looking for quick, cheap advice. And we need it. Uh, We all walk through these busy and difficult lives. You face discouragement, opposition. Uh, Many of you are, are dealing with depression or anxiety, fear, stress. And we have this book with all the answers, and yet for a lot of us, it just sits on our shelf, or it sits as an app, unopened. But I just wanna tell you this morning, God wants to give you answers. He wants to give you direction for all of these things to guide your life, and I, I just, I desire so deeply to just create a thirst in your life for the word of God. And so I want us this morning to just focus in, we're just gonna look at one verse in the Bible, but it's just packed with just truth and beauty about scripture. So uh, there's a Bible under every chair. If you want to take a look at our verse for this morning, we're going to be on page 922 uh, in Romans 15, uh, or you can use the Renovation Church app. Uh, Just tap Bible in weekly verses, and it's all there as well. Uh, I want to give you a little bit of context on this verse in Romans 15. Uh, In chapter 14 into 15, uh, the Apostle Paul, who wrote this letter, is trying to help the Christians in Rome uh, solve a problem. And in part of his argument, he quotes a scripture from the Old Testament. And in doing so, he gives us this beautiful verse about the purpose of scripture. So this is Romans 15, and we're just looking at verse 4 today because there's a lot in here. Okay, here's what it says. This is, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Okay, so everything that was written in the scriptures is written to teach us. As Paul says in 2 Timothy, all scripture is God-breathed. And if everything is written to teach us, what are some of the important things that it's actually teaching us? I think if you were going to diagram this verse, you're going to try and make sense of it, you might say, okay, well, the scriptures teach us endurance, and they, number two, they provide encouragement so that we might have hope. That's, that's the essence of this verse. The scriptures teach us endurance, they provide encouragement so that you may have hope. So let's just start working with endurance. How do the scriptures teach us endurance? First of all, let me say we need this in our culture. We need endurance. I'm going to say something that you uh, probably aren't going to like, but it's okay because I'm right. Uh, We live in a weak culture when it comes to our ability to endure trials. Uh, this, This happens in history. Affluence has a way of weakening one's ability to withstand trials. Our suffering muscle, for many of us, has atrophied. 
it's not as strong as it once was because we don't have to use it every day like, say, maybe our brothers and sisters in Christ in Haiti. I mean, even in comparison to my grandparents' generation, which lived through the Great Depression and World War II, we, we struggle with enduring through trials. We don't have the same sort of endurance muscle that many of them have. We struggle to hold fast to our Lord when trials come. But our verse says, no need to fret, because the scriptures actually can teach you endurance. How does that happen? What happens when you read, and you read about people like Peter in the New Testament? Peter was locked up in prison for his faith, and yet God was faithful. And you read that, and you think about what's going on in your life, and you think, oh man, God was faithful. And to your heart, the word says, endure. You read about the incredible missionary journeys of Paul. That was stoned for his faith. You ever had a rock thrown at you? Right? He's put in prison multiple times. He's shipwrecked multiple times. And yet he trusts in Jesus. And you read the scriptures, and the scriptures say to you, endure. You know, when you get to this point when life just feels really messy, and you feel like it's starting to fall apart. Maybe something went wrong. You're trying to sell your house or something. Something just totally fell apart. Maybe something went wrong at your job. Maybe you're in a relationship and it's just falling apart. But if you're in the scriptures, you can learn endurance. Okay, let's say you're going through the Old Testament. You get to the book of Job, or Job as my kids call it. Uh, And you read about this guy. He lost his entire business and all of his family with the exception of his nagging wife, in one day. And yet he's still able to say this. Now, this is not on the first day, but eventually he's able to say this, Job 19. He says, I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end he will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. And the scriptures say to you, endure. See, when you have the discipline in your life to open up the Bible the scriptures can speak endurance into it. Okay, so when life feels overwhelming, you feel like giving up, often you know why that is? It's because so often our flesh, spiritual warfare, it gets us all focused on ourselves and our own story and our own life. But when you open up the scriptures, the scriptures remind you that life isn't all about you. They remind us that this life isn't all there is. They remind us that God is faithful. And what do all those truths do in your heart? Well, they speak endurance to your heart. They speak perseverance to your heart. And a lot of us, we just need that sort of endurance to soak into our lives. Uh, James Gray, who was one of the early presidents of uh, the Moody Bible Institute, he once said in his writings that when he was uh, early in his uh, teaching career, he had a Christian friend who had a peace and a spiritual poise that just deeply impressed him. So Gray, who wanted that same sort of stability in his own life, he went up to that friend one day and he said, what's, like, what's your secret? How are you just so spiritually secure and confident? And his friend said to him, well, it all started when I started reading Ephesians. And Gray thought to himself, well, I've read Ephesians 10 times, I, I don't, but I still don't feel like that's me. He's like, well, what do you mean? And the guy said, well, one day I was on vacation. And I don't even know if they make these anymore, but they have this like little pocket-sized version of just uh, Ephesians. And he said, I laid down, and I was like out on the beach or something, and I, and I decided I was going to read through Ephesians. So I read through it, all six chapters in one sitting. 
And he said, I was so struck by it that I actually just read it again. And I saw a bunch of different things. And I thought, I'm going to read it again. And then I've read it again. He said, I actually read it 15 times before I got up and went back into the house where we were staying for vacation. And, this, and he said, when I got back into the house, I felt like I was in possession of Ephesians. Or, or maybe better yet, Ephesians was in possession of me. And he, he said to James Gray, he said, I'll tell you what, I've never had this feeling before in my life, but I, I, I literally felt like I had been lifted up into heavenly places with Christ Jesus. The word was just in me. Okay, this is what the Bible is talking about in Hebrews. This is a verse that says that the Bible is living, it's active. God wants his word inside of you. Uh, let me give you another example of this. Have you ever heard of uh, ghost ants? Everybody loves ants, right? They're awesome. Uh, ghost ants are mostly found in uh, warmer climates uh, throughout the world. You can find them, I think, in, like in Florida or, or Texas. This is why it's so great that we have winter. Uh, what makes ghost ants unique is they actually have completely transparent abdomens. So an amazing thing happened with ghost ants, believe it or not. In 2016, there was a, a man in India. He was in his house. One of his kids uh, spilled milk on the floor, and they were having an ant problem, a ghost ant problem. And he noticed that the ghost ants came over, and they were drinking the milk, and that they were turning white because their abdomens were transparent. So he came up with this idea. He was a, a famous photographer that he was going to make sugar water with food coloring and check out this amazing photo he got. Look at this. Look at the ants and their abdomen. They're transparent. You see the green and the yellow. and the, It's just amazing, right? Okay, that is the type of imagery that the scriptures are giving us about the word. I mean, look, what does Jesus say about the word in Matthew 4? He says, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word. This is what you eat. This is what you feast on. This is what you get inside of you. But on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You are to fill yourself with the word of God so that it's in you. Are you doing that? God wants people to see it like that picture. He wants people to see it in you. As you're sort of living and breathing the word of God. Let me tell you another reason he wants it in you, and this is related to endurance. He wants it in you so that you're so full of his word that when the hard times come, which they certainly will, that you will be so full of his truth that you will know deep, deep down in your soul that God is faithful. And that you could say, and let me give you a hundred reasons why. That's endurance. But we're told in our verse for today, uh, Romans 15, 4, that the scriptures provide us not just with endurance, but that they provide us with encouragement. Now, that's helpful because sometimes Christians forget about the encouragement piece and they think, okay, we just got to endure. I got to grit through it and just like tough it out and someday I'll get to heaven. And that's not, that's not what the Bible is saying. You can be encouraged in God's love every day. Again, you might even be reading through the Old Testament. Right? Encouragement is found so deeply in, say, the Psalms of David as he just speaks of the faithfulness and the love of God. And remember, David, in the Old Testament, he, it's not like he had an easy life, right? King Saul spent years chasing him. You ever had anybody chase you? Where you had to hide and live in caves? David, if you're having family problems, 
David, not only uh, king of uh, Israel, but king of family problems. One of his sons uh, tried to take his throne from him in a rebellion. He had another son die in infancy. One of his kids killed another one of his kids because well, that's just a mess. I don't even want to go into it. It's, and yet, despite all of these things that were happening to him, he still finds encouragement where? In the arms of God. And he writes of it for you constantly in the Psalms. You can find encouragement in the New Testament every day in the gospel. Many of us wake up each day feeling the weight of yesterday's sins. And yet, if you open up the Bible every day and you read that for you, Christian, there's no condemnation for those sins. If you believe that Jesus died for you on the cross, you're a disciple of his, you're still saved. There's nothing that can separate you. Hear this this morning. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Those sins that you're just beating yourself up with, the Bible says when you read it that he's taken those sins, if you're a believer, and removed them as far as the east is from the west. They're gone. It's the encouragement of Scripture that allows us to go on, and not just go on, but to thrive. Are you seeking it out? I think so many of us are are struggling because we need endurance, we need encouragement. But you've got to take it in a certain way. uh, It's like this. You need it in the same way that you need, say, essential vitamins to keep you healthy. But I know a lot of you, uh, when you're sick, you do this. Like, you feel that, that sore throat coming on, and you reach for, like, an airborne, you know what I mean? <laughs> or, like, those immune system boosters, and you're like, oh, the sore throat's coming on, and you just, ah, <laughs> you just chug it all down, right? But any doctor, any pharmacist is going to tell you that what you need is not just when it comes on to just chug it. What you actually need is daily, everyday health, right, to build your immune system, Okay, what's the exact same way with the Bible? Many of you, you don't touch the Bible until something happens, right? A sickness in your spiritual life. You come against a trial. And then for the first time in six months, you open it up and you're ah, trying to bring it all down. And that's great. Okay, still do that. Go to God in hard times. But what we need to do to build up against wanting to give up, to build against discouragement, is we need to daily dive into the Scriptures. How are you doing this? How are you making time every day to get in God's word, to get that endurance, to get that encouragement? I want to give you a really practical way that you can do this and just grow in your love for God's word, to learn how to study it, maybe study it at a whole new level. There are a ton of unique things about this particular church. One of them is that we start churches all over the place. Another one is we have uh, over 80% of our people are in our really unique house groups. And I think another really unique thing about this church is every summer uh, we offer five free Bible and theology classes uh, to all of our people in what we call Renovation U. Uh, You're going to get some uh, details about this in announcement, but I want to just take a couple of minutes to talk about this because for a lot of you, I think this is how you jumpstart yourself back into God's word. These five different classes that you take in order, that you see on the screen here, they meet for eight or nine weeks. Uh, there are, that was that other piece of paper under your chair, there are sign-up cards under your chair where you can sign up for one. But let me just take a few seconds and tell you about this. Uh, first steps, this is our first class. If you're exploring Jesus, 
You're not even really sure what you think yet about God. Take this class. If you're a new believer, many of you have just started following Jesus. Take this class. If you've never studied the Bible before, you start here. Mining God's word is where you're going to learn to study scripture. How do you interpret scripture in the right way? Uh, Theology 101, you study subjects like the Trinity and creation and a ton about Jesus. Uh, Theology 201, uh, which I'm teaching this year, and uh, we actually have the lowest amount of people signed up for, so I thank you for your confidence in me as a (laughs) teacher. I appreciate that a lot. Please sign up for this class. It's going to be amazing. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit We're going to talk spiritual gifts, um, men and women in leadership. We'll talk about the end times. It all happens in Theology 201. And then uh, finally, once you finish sort of our core four, we're starting a Bible overview track. And this year we have Old Testament Survey 1, which you'll go through the first half of the Old Testament. You get to do so with a Dave Anderson, who's a retired pastor at our church, preached about 2,000 times. So he knows something about the Bible that he can teach you. And that has been amazing class. And I'm spending a minute talking about this because, again, for some of you, if you've just been stuck, you're like, I need that encouragement. I need that endurance in my life. This is a great practical way to kind of fan the flame again. I just want to show you, too, before we move on to the last part of this passage, just a quick video of what other students are saying about being a part of these classes. So take a look at this. One of the things that I love about Renovation U is the chance in the summertime to take classes that help you deepen your faith through a wide variety of topics, whether that's what's the basic things that we believe as a Christian, or how do I study the Bible on my own and really understand more about what God's saying to me, or understanding some of the core beliefs that Christianity holds at a much deeper level. And in our newer class, even just studying, what does the Bible actually say? Looking at the Old Testament, what do these books actually talk about and studying some of the major events from them? Just a great way for you to learn and something fun to do in the summertime that's a little bit different than house groups, but still gonna help you grow in your faith and it's going to help take you to another level in your relationship with Jesus. But I don't want you to take my word for it. So I brought in some friends from classes this last summer, and I want you to hear what they have to say about why you should be in Renovation U. I decided to sign up for Minding God's Word last year because I wanted to learn a lot more about how to study God's Word. And I also wanted to connect with other believers in our church that I didn't already know from my house group. The reason I signed up for Renovation U class last year was to continue on um, after Theology 101. I learned so much that I didn't know in Theology 101 that it was almost I had to take 201 just to, to, to keep learning. The, re- the main reason I actually signed up for Renovation U class last year was the spring promo video that I saw and Kane Nelson had something to the effect of, well, what else better can you do with your summer than grow in your faith? And I really couldn't think of anything else better I could do with my summer than grow in my faith and take a class with Renovation U. The most impactful thing that I learned from uh, last summer taking Theology 201 was teaching on the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts. I thought that that the, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit was something that um, you know I had heard before but hadn't really studied in depth. And I was able to do that in, in 201. Overall, I think the most impactful thing that I learned from Minding God's Word was to study the author's intent, and that has helped me better understand God's Word. So I learned that um, when I was doing my daily Bible reading time, I would read through something such as Hebrews, and it would point me to um, different doctrines that I learned through Theology 101. Say, oh yeah, well that was because 
of Jesus' atonement and the way that he died for my sins and um, just really pulled things together for me in a new way that I hadn't thought of. Yeah, I encourage everybody to take a Renovation U class um, because learning and diving deep into doctrines of Christianity or even the first steps in learning God's word uh, has, has really changed my faith life. Every year, I learn more and more, and I get more excited about God's word, and I get more excited about living for him. For me, it's a no-brainer. I think everyone should sign up for a renovation new class because you not only grow in your faith, but you get to learn so much more about the Bible and how to read and study it. All right, so our hope is that all of you take the initiative and you sign up to just study the word this summer. We, I think we have well over 100 adults taking classes last summer, which is amazing. Okay, so back to the word. You, the word gives us endurance, right? It provides encouragement. And the last part of that verse is that those things together then give us hope. Now, that sounds great, right? Oh, good, endurance, encouragement, hope. Uh, we all need that in our lives. So why is it that there are still so many Christians that aren't opening their Bibles and studying it every day? I, I think it's a bit like working out. It's just hard to get started, which is another reason why you just take a class, right? It's just like signing up for the gym. You need something to get you out and going. But here's what happens. Once you get started, it's a bit like working out. If you start working out three times a week, and you get a month in and you've been doing it faithfully, what you notice is you notice the fruit of it, of your labor, right? You go, oh, I'm getting a little stronger, a little, a little faster on that amazing treadmill, right? I'm losing weight. I feel great. I've got more energy. And then what happens when that fruit comes in? Well, then it's easier to keep doing it. That's the exponential momentum of fruit. And the same thing happens when you begin to study the word. That, that's actually exactly what this passage is saying. When you start to feel the endurance of God in your life, and you start to feel more encouragement in your life, and that hope comes in, and what happens is that hope comes in and you feel like, yes, it is God. It is God that is the ultimate source of life for me. This exponential momentum of hope. You know, one of my uh, favorite people of all time is uh, George Mueller. Uh, Mueller is a, a guy I've mentioned to you maybe several times before. He lived uh, in England in the 1800s. He's mostly famous for, he cared for more than 10,000 orphans uh, in his Christian orphanages that he started uh, almost exclusively uh, just through prayer. Uh, I came across a, a quote from him about the Bible not that long ago that I actually wanted to uh, share with you this morning. Uh, Mueller, at the time of this quote, had already read the Bible 100 times. Just an amazing guy. So this is what he says about the Bible. Check this out. He says, I look upon it as a lost day when I have not had a good time over the word of God. Friends often say, oh, I have so much to do, so many people to see, I cannot find time for scripture study. Perhaps there are not many who have more to do than I. For more than half a century, so look at what this guy was doing. For more than half a century, I have never known one day when I had not more business than I could get through. For four years, I have had annually about 30,000 letters. By the way, that would be like having 82 letters a day to get through. Not emails, letters, right? 
30,000 letters, and most of these have passed through my own hands. Then, as a pastor of a church with 1,200 believers, great has been my care. Besides, I have had the charge of five immense orphanages. Also, at my publishing depot, the printing and circulating of millions of tracts, books, and Bibles, but I have always made it a rule never to begin work until I have had a good season with God and his word. The blessing I have received has been wonderful. Now, Mueller, along with uh, maybe the likes of uh, uh, Moody and uh, Hudson Taylor and Spurgeon, uh, maybe did more for the kingdom of God in the 19th century than almost any other man or woman. He did so, he probably did more in a day than most of us do in a year. And he did so, I want you to notice this, because he believed in a really important Christian paradox, and that is this. Making time to meet with God and study his word every day actually creates more time in your life, not less. Meeting with God every day actually creates more time in your life, not less, because it is the very thing that will help you prioritize the things you need to do and cut the things you don't need to do. And it is the very thing that will teach you endurance, that will provide encouragement and give you the hope to do what God wants to do through your life. Let me pray. Lord, I pray that you would help us, the people of renovation, be a people of your word, that we would find endurance, we would find encouragement, we would find hope in your word. And God, may we continue to change the world through your movement in us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that great.